Looks like we've made it. Merry Christmas, everyone. What a beautiful, beautiful end to a very, very strange year. <laughs> but nothing was a surprise to God. He knows the end from the beginning, so we are safe in his hands. We can trust him. We can be still and know that he is God. Today's episode on Moments with Moni is a collaboration of several of the different podcasters at the Christian Podcasters Association. We did a collaboration of five-minute episodes on Christmas. Each one introduces themselves so you can find them and listen to them and let me know what you think. May you be blessed and find rest and joy in Jesus. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hello, I'm Brad Simon with Monday Morning Inspiration Podcast. When I was a child growing up in the early 60s, the Saturday after Thanksgiving was a special day in our family. On that Saturday morning, Dad, my brother, and I would go to our church. Our church was a large old brick building that was built in the late 1800s. It had a tall steeple that could be seen from miles around. There, on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, all my boyhood friends would gather with their dads. When everyone had arrived, we went down into the basement of the church. In the back of one of the classrooms was a door. This door led to an old wooden staircase that descended further down into the earth into a sub-basement room. The room was dimly lit by a single light bulb hanging from the ceiling high above. The stone walls forming the room was the foundation for the tall steeple above us. Neatly stacked along the walls were wooden crates filled with straw. Inside were large, beautiful figurines depicting the scene in the stable in Bethlehem that marvelous night 2,000 years ago. Only the adults were allowed to carry the large figurines of the wise men, shepherds, the angel, and Mary and Joseph. Each boy was given a lamb or other small animal to carry outside. We would cradle them in our arms, tenderly holding them, as if that little lamb or baby goat was our lifelong pet. Each year, one boy was chosen to carry the baby Jesus. And this year, it was my turn. As one of the dads handed me the baby Jesus, I wrapped my arms around him and my fingers on one hand firmly gripped around his legs. I held him tightly to my chest as I carefully made my way across the room. As I climbed the rickety stairs, I could hear the board squeak beneath my feet. Cautiously, I walked through the classroom and up the stairs to the bright sunlight outside. Across the courtyard was the makeshift stable that the men had constructed. As I entered, there were the wise men and shepherds waiting on Jesus. Mary was kneeling beside the empty manger, waiting for her precious son to arrive, with a look of eager anticipation on her face. As I laid Jesus on the fresh straw in the manger, Joseph stood nearby with an approving look on his face. They were not the only people waiting on Jesus. 
When Mary and Joseph took Jesus to be dedicated at the temple, Dr. Luke tells us that Simeon, a righteous man, was there waiting for his eyes to behold the promised Messiah. Anna, a prophetess, was also there and spoke of how the prophets of old had waited, looking forward to this day. For centuries the nation Israel had been waiting for Jesus. This Christmas, as we see the manger scene displayed at churches and homes, we need to be reminded of all those before us that waited for Jesus. They looked forward to the promised arrival of the Messiah, but Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was only the beginning. After Jesus' death and resurrection, he ascended into heaven. Two angels appeared and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. Just like the prophets of old who looked forward to and waited for the first coming of Jesus, for centuries Christians have also been waiting for him. They have been waiting for that glorious day when the heavens shall open and the trumpet of God will sound and Jesus will return in the clouds to gather his children to him. The Apostle Paul told Titus, We wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Whenever I see a nativity displayed, I'm reminded of the wise men and shepherds waiting for Jesus as I carried him to the stable that day, and the look on Mary and Joseph's face as I laid him in the manger. I think of all those who waited for Jesus long before that day. But most of all, each one of us should be reminded that just as certain as Jesus came the first time to save us from sin, he will come again, this time to complete our salvation as we receive our glorified bodies and forever be with him. Until then, in great expectation we remain waiting for Jesus. Hi there, this is Michelle Rayburn from the Life Repurposed podcast and the author of The Repurposed and Upcycled Life When God Turns Trash to Treasure. I'd like to invite you to have some Christmas tea with me for a few minutes, served up with a few cheesy puns. Christmas is a brutiful time of year, but in the midst of hanging the lights, baking and decorating, and elaborate preparations for those parties and activities, it's easy to forget that Christ's presence in our hearts matters more than anything else. Okay, okay, before you turn to hostility, I'll spare you an overdose of my personality. Jesus stepped down to be Emmanuel, God with us, to change us. Not so we could give presents and eat cookies every December. Not so we could be comfortable and self-centered and rant and rave on social media. Not so we could just wear a cross around our neck or put Jesus bumper stickers on our cars. He came to change us. This is where I break into song with, Oh Christmas tea, or not. Jesus came to change everything about us. He changes us from within. We become like a cup of hot water infused with tea leaves and we will never be the same again. 
but notice how the transformation happens in a cup of tea only when the water is good and hot. Our life isn't going to be trouble-free, and this year has possibly turned up the heat on you. Have you embraced the transformation? Two things happen when Jesus changes us. Well, lots of things happen, but let's focus on two. First, we're steeped in grace. Like when I steep my tea, you know, dunking the bag in a bunch of times. It gets darker and darker and more like tea. I no longer call it hot water anymore, I call it tea. When we're steeped in His grace, we allow Jesus to change our hearts, our attitudes, and our approach, to dunk us over and over with that water so that we become more like Him. The other thing that happens is we're sweetened with His love. Sugar is odorless and colorless, but you sure can taste it when it's in the tea. As people of Christ, we are to be the sweet flavor of Jesus to the people around us. I can't separate out the tea or the sugar once it's in the cup. So as we think about Jesus this season, let's have a cup of Christmas tea and think about this verse from 2 Corinthians 3.18. The Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. When we're steeped in God's grace, sweetened with His love, we give off the flavor and the aroma of Christ's peace. We're brew teaful. How will you allow Jesus to change you this season? Who will you reach out to with that love and grace during this Christmas season? If this holiday looks different from past ones, I pray that this is a flavor-enhancing time where God's presence becomes so evident in you that other people are drawn to the light, the peace, the joy, and the hope that you reflect from our Savior. Ephesians three sixteen and 17 says, I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. I hope He has made His home in your heart. Emmanuel came to dwell with us, to know our sorrow and experience our happiness. Christmas is the perfect opportunity. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. The perfect opportunity for us to reflect and think about what a gift Jesus brought us. As you celebrate his nativity, I wish you peace. I invite you to check out the Life Repurpose podcast where we focus each week on how God turns life's trash into treasure. You'll find it on your favorite podcast platform or at liferepurpose.me. This is Michelle wishing you a very Merry Christmas. I'm Chris Starin, and this is Truce. The men were tired of sitting around, waiting for the sea to carry them. Their tents rested on ice floes in the Weddell Sea, near Antarctica, but alas, not on the great continent itself. Their ship splintered and sank nearly a year before, crushed by great slabs of ice. Though it was the strongest vessel of the era, She now lay at the bottom of the sea. Their leader explained that the ocean itself could move them towards safety faster than they could walk. But they'd have to wait. So that's what they did, day after day, waiting for the natural currents to push them northwest. 
It was 1915. Europe was in turbulent war. But the Arctic was a slow, monotonous threat. Cold doesn't kill you instantly. First, it invites you to sleep, to lose faith, or to grow complacent. The men had had enough waiting. They wanted to survive on their own steam, to pursue the land some 200 miles to the west. But first, they had to wait, endure. Finally, their leader gave them the signal. They would move forward, but they'd have to leave much of their supplies behind. Travel light. It would be Christmas in a few days. This would be their celebration. So they gorged themselves on all non-essential rations. Then they walked. Half a mile, maybe a mile per day. Men took turns pulling boats and sleds with straps. They slept in slush. They marched in slush, probably dreaming of one year earlier. Back then, they had been warm aboard the Endurance, their strong, sturdy ship. They decorated the wardroom with bunting. They'd enjoyed a Christmas dinner of soup, herring, plum pudding, sweets, stout, and rum. Safe and warm. The first officer wrote in his diary, from the comfort of the ship, here endeth another Christmas day. I wonder how and under what circumstances our next one will be spent. We, with the benefit of history, know what their next Christmas held. Sledging across slush after a year adrift. It won desperate attempt to cross the ice safely. Little did Shackleton's men know their efforts, half a mile or one mile per day, would eventually lead them to safety. Every one of the men aboard the Endurance endured to the end. The story of Shackleton's second attempt at the Antarctic is one of the best I've ever read. It makes me think of the year we've had. Who would have thought a year ago, while we were hanging our stockings and singing our Christmas hymns, that we'd be where we are now? We'd have survived a global pandemic, a recession, murder hornets for goodness sakes. Some of us might be tempted to rest in the cold and slush of this year, to grouse, to complain, to blame someone else. When we look back and marvel at what one year can do, it helps if we inspect our foundation. Is your life built on the rock of Jesus something that cannot fail? Can a foreclosure, job insecurity, disease, the death of a loved one, or the grating pressure of anger sink your ship, destroy your faith? Or this Christmas, will you choose to fill yourself with good food, the camaraderie of those around you, and set your eyes on the greater prize Christ has set before you? Not because you think works will save you, but because you're already saved. Will you take up those straps that you don't know what's ahead? Will you brace yourself against the icy wind of public outrage to place one foot in front of another? Will you help those in your team when they fall, when they can't find the strength to move on? Onward, my friends. We've had plenty of time to complain and lick our wounds. It's time to press onward. This episode is inspired by the book Endurance by Alfred Lansing. If you enjoyed it, subscribe to the Truce Podcast wherever you get podcasts or at trucepodcast.com. 
I'm Chris Steren, and this is Truce. The last few days I've been reading the birth story of our Lord, and not around singing at the retirement home like we like to do, or with our kids around the table or at Christmas dinner, but just me alone on my knees, meditating upon the whole passage and all that transpired and what struck me so much that I couldn't get out of my heart and mind is Elizabeth and what she was going through. She and her husband, Zacharias, it says in Luke 1, 6, that they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And yet she was barren for decades beyond. And I'm sure she really wanted kids. They both did. And yet, Yet that is something that didn't get answered for them until an angel of the Lord comes to Zacharias on just an ordinary day, working at the temple, fulfilling his responsibilities. And when the angel came, he wasn't ready. He was so stunned that he responded in unbelief. And then the angel said, you're not going to be able to speak. And he had all those months to store up the lessons and to see how God was working and speaking in him, and his faith was ultimately tested. Zacharias and Elizabeth, when it was time for the naming of the baby, the friends and the relatives came around and they said, oh, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. But they both remained firm against what everyone was saying. Elizabeth said, no, he shall be called John. And then Zacharias and his opportunity to redeem what he had messed up, asked for the tablet and wrote down his name shall be John. And at that very moment, the Lord released his tongue and he began to praise God and everyone was looking on with awe and wonder. And they got to be the parents of John. Yes, John the Baptist, who was a voice in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. What a privilege, and I'm sure it was hard too. And as I look back on this beautiful story and I think about my own life, sometimes I think it feels like I'm going through a personal wilderness where prayers aren't being answered and things aren't making sense. I think during this pandemic, so many things, unanswered prayer, so many people dying, it seems like, Lord, we're living righteously like they were, but all these things are happening. But then I look at verses like Habakkuk 1.5, where the Lord says, For I am doing a work in your day that you would not believe, though it were told you. And I remind myself, God is doing great things. And in this wilderness time, there will be an everyday moment. God is going to come to me. He's going to come to you to do something extraordinary. And I want to be ready. This is Meg Gleesner from Letters from Home Podcast, where we like to share everyday extraordinary faith stories. Hello, this is Moni, and I'm the podcast host of Moments with Moni. You know, as we gather this Christmas, it may look very different for many across the world. Lives have been in upheaval, but they have also been blessed. 
I'm reminded of the cold, hard winter our family went through when our sons were young. My husband was not able to find work locally and ended up working in the woods, marking trees for the Forest Service. He was very late coming home one weekend. The car slid off the road in the ice. Unexpected things happen in life, but it is never a surprise to our God. While away, my husband wrote a new Christmas song for our family. When our sons were old enough to join in, we all recorded the song, and it is now touching another generation of hearts in our grandchildren. Remember, no matter the situation in life, God has given us the greatest gift we could ever receive.
I invite you to listen to Moments with Moni, where we look at life from a biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Until we meet each other, here, there, or in the air, Frohe Weihnachten, Feliz Navidad, and Merry Christmas.